Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on, everybody? All right. Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy next level podcast. So this is going to be a special episode. I just kind of wanted to put this together. Some really cool stuff happened this weekend that I didn't expect. So I wanted to kind of get this out while it's fresh. I just got home from a match. So I want to talk a little bit about what happened at the match or and really over the whole weekend. So a couple of different things. Uh, first is this episode is going to be about basically what it takes to put on a class as an instructor, what it takes to put a class on as a host, because I was able to do both uh, things now. I, I hosted my first class this weekend. Um, I was able to host Mr. Tim Heron. Um, everybody should know who that is. If not, um, I'm hoping to actually, I forgot to ask him that this weekend, but I'm hoping to ask him to come onto the podcast and uh, have a little conversation about shooting. It was a very, very, very great weekend. He came down. We had some scheduling issues with my regular range. Um, we got it figured out. So luckily that there was no like major issues there. It worked out great. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I was hosting the class and uh, let's talk a little bit about hosting a class first. So the first things that you have to do as a host for a class is obviously be in contact with the instructor. So from my experience so far as an instructor talking to the hosts, it's worked out really well for me. Um, I've been able to find some pretty amazing hosts for my classes and it's made a huge difference in running a class. And I'm going to tell you why, because now after hosting the class, I realize how much the host just has to do just to get everything scheduled and figured out and equipment and make sure that everything's there so that the basically, so the instructor doesn't have to do much, right? Like, and I don't mean by do much, but what I mean by don't do much is they don't have to find targets from a, a weird location. They don't have to go and make steel or walls or, or wall stands or bring barrels from home in a plane. And there's just so much equipment that we use in our classes as, as USPSA instructors that you really need to have that person that knows, has an intimate relationship with their range, their club, those type of things. So far, I've been very fortunate that every range or every club that I have dealt with has been amazing. All my hosts that I've had for all my classes have been amazing above and beyond. Some of them have gone, well, I guess all of them have gone, uh, but it's been really, really crazy. You know, not obviously as the instructor, I come in, I have all these responsibilities on my back. I have all these things to think about. I never really think about what you know, I don't really see or I don't really deal with because maybe those questions were asked to the host before they ever got to me and they kind of deflected them from me so that, you know, they could be asked like, where's the bathroom? Um, you know, just simple things like that. You wouldn't think is a big deal, but when you're in the middle of a lesson or you're in the middle of doing a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and you're working on something and somebody stops you and said, Hey man, where's the bathroom? That tends to mess up the flow a little bit of the state of the, of the class. So little things like that. You know, the people that live there tend to help bring water. They, they tend to, a lot of times they'll pick us up and take us to the, they let us stay with them. Um, I've already, I've created some very, very close friends in, in this sport because uh, they were my host and they picked me up from the airport and I stayed at their house 
and, and, and we never even really knew each other. We just kind of got to know each other at the class, got to know each other on the plane or, you know, when I got there, it was, it's been really, really cool and interesting. Um, you know, you're obviously taking a chance as a host, you're taking a chance as a, as a coach, but we live in a small community here. So it's not like you're just randomly letting some random dude in your house that you just picked up off the corner. I mean, we, it's, you know, especially someone like myself, who's kind of always throwing his life out there. He's always on video probably not planning on going anywhere tomorrow. So I'm just, it's kind of interesting though. Cause I don't usually just stay with random strangers and I'm sure most of these folks don't stay with uh, or bring in random strangers. So it's kind of neat to, to kind of feel that feel the love from the community and from some of the members of this sport. It's been really, really nice. But as that host, you end up spending like, I'll just kind of give you guys an example of how I, I dealt with it as a host um, and I, I kind of give you a little bit about how I felt as a host. Well, one, I'm in a, a very different situation than your average host. I also coach this as a, as a living. I do this as a job. So I'm in a, I kind of had some reservations of being the host because one, I've known Tim for, I've known of Tim. I've never really knew Tim. I didn't spend a lot of time with Tim. I, we would just say hello and goodbye on the range and you know, and I, I, you know, I'm definitely somebody that if you see me the first time, you probably like that guy's crazy. He talks all the time. So stuff like that. So, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of guarded in some ways just because of the crap I've gone through in this sport, but I never really had a chance to sit down and talk to Tim. Well, last year at, um, I believe it was limited nationals. Uh, I, I think that was limited and open. I was able to sit down with him for about 10 minutes and we kind of were all sitting down in a group. And I was talking to him about the class because I, I ended up hosting him here in Florida at, at my local range. And it worked out to the point where, you know, we had a little bit of communication back and forth. We, we kind of just caught up with each other. But I've been super busy and he's been super busy. Uh, I thought I was busy coaching. That guy's very busy. I mean, he does probably twice the amount of classes I do right now. As of right now, he does twice the amount of classes and, and he is um, on the road a lot. Uh, it's it's got to be uh, it's probably a lot of fun. That might be why he's the uh, angry flyer at this point with all the idiots that he sits next to. But so we're sitting down and uh, we we get to sit down at this. We kind of sit down and figure out, hey man, listen, this is the logistics of the of the thing. This I'm gonna host you now. We had a previous host that ended up moving, so I'm gonna take care of everything. I I have the keys to everything. I'll get you targets. I'll get you everything you need. Just let me know. So we get everything figured out. He comes in and my goal was to be a student, right? I didn't, I, I, I didn't plan on coaching. Uh, that's not my place. I would never want to step on his toes or, or kind of jump in his class. Uh, I had never seen his curriculum. Like, obviously I've seen some of the things that he says. Uh, I've heard him speak a lot on some of the podcasts. You know, I, I, I just kind of listen to most coaches or just about everybody just kind of see what they think and their mindset and see what I could maybe pick up. So as we're, we're kind of going through the process of everything, um, he graciously says to me, dude, I would like your help this weekend. So if you see something that you would like to add, you know, feel free. I don't, that was tough for me because I, I am in a, I'm, um, I have a passion for this sport that I think is misread sometimes. Like I love this sport and I love watching people crush it like especially people that the light bulb goes off because i remember what it was like when the light bulb went off for me the problem was is i was by myself and i would just have to yell at myself like i got it 
So I just, I know what that feeling is like. And, and I get excited when I watch other people do that. Well, I'm not, it's not my class. I'm the host. It's not my class. I'm, I'm hosting Tim Heron. So at the end of the day, he was like, listen, and he even said it in the front of the class. And I was kind of like, nope, I'm not here to help. I'm just kind of here to, to help this guy. That's all. That's the only help I'm here for. So as we go through this class as the host, I kept that in mind, right? I, it was very difficult for me to, it was difficult for me because I love coaching and there were things that Tim was busy and when he was busy with someone, I would be talking to somebody and I had to always make sure that I didn't step on his toes. That was important to me. I don't know if it was as important to him because I talked to him many times, just kind of like, hey, man, am I stepping on your feet? Like, I feel like I might have like pushed us in the wrong direction when I brought up a comment or something. And he, he's so awesome. He was so gracious to me. He says, no way, dude. Like everything was great. It was on point. So it was really an odd thing for me because I never want I never want to push in on another coach's class. Obviously, it's their class. We agree on a lot of things. I mean, a lot of things. We teach a lot of the a lot of the same things in different ways. I I, I think a little bit differently than he does in some of the shooting ways. Like not not so much the a lot of the, the the stage planning stuff. I'm very particular about, I coach that a lot in my class and this specific class, we, he got into a lot of it, but my class is heavily based off of, you know, stage planning and running the stage and breaking stages down. And, uh, you know, after you run the stage, we break down sections of the stage to improve our time. And I'm very, I'm very heavily, I'm very heavy on actually becoming a better USPSA shooter, not just a better paper shooter. So my, I gear my stuff a little different. Tim's class is much more based on becoming a better shooter. So I would say he's probably a little more fundamental than I am. Like there's, I mean, obviously I go through fundamentals. That's, that's what we do, but his class is, I mean, you're going to learn fundamentals. If you don't understand fundamentals, when you leave his class, you weren't listening. That's like the number one thing I got out of, especially just day one, like day one, I walked away and I was like, Hmm. I have a new understanding of, of grip or a different way. I mean, I actually tried the way he grips his gun. I hated it. It was terrible for me. That what two things. One, it was brand new. Um, it made my hand hurt because I haven't, uh, I don't grip my gun like that. And it was, that's why I hated it. It's just, it was uncomfortable, but I tried it and I tried it for a whole day and I actually got pretty good results from it. But I just didn't, I, and then I went back to my old grip at the very end, and I was shooting just the same results. I was shooting just exactly like I normally had been. So I was like, all right, cool. I, I'm just going to stick with what I have. I like this. It, it didn't give me enough of a reason to change anything. But what it did give me, okay, now remember, I'm the host, and I'm a student at the same time here. So what it did give me, it gave me an opportunity to maybe teach a, someone who struggles with my style of a grip his grip and his style. So that was really awesome because, again, all I'm doing is at this point is just trying to stay out of the way and, and you know, roll with it and just kind of be there for him. And, like, I'll give you a couple of examples of things that I did as a, as a host that I know that I made a point not to talk about, but I made a point to do. So he would give a couple of examples on a drill. And every time he was finished that drill, I'd always go back and repaste his target. So it was fresh and clean for him to go shoot it. So that way he didn't have to do it later. He could give any free examples 
uh, and not have to worry about like picking another target or moving. He always had the same target. So that's something as an instructor, I always try to like pay attention to. I try to pick one target that's mine so it doesn't have everybody else's stuff on it. And I, I don't confuse, you know, my targets with their targets or whatever. Um, that was one thing that he did that I tried to do. I always made sure like, what was the next thing? Is there something that I can set up for you or move for you? so that you don't have to do it because the guy never sits down. So I was super excited to see that. I'm like, oh, I'm not the only crazy maniac who doesn't sit down in his class and just keeps working and working. I mean, I made lunch for him on day two because we I forgot to ask him, like, do you want me to bring you lunch for day one <laughs> after we set up everything? So I made lunch for him on day two and he barely ate it. So I was insulted. I guess my cooking sucks, but he just was busy, right? Like it's... It, I. As a as an instructor, you don't even realize how long you've been on the range. You don't. At least his class was like that. That's that's how my classes are like. I don't realize I haven't sat down for three, four, five hours. There's just you just don't realize it when you start getting in the rhythm of your class, and you start knocking out your curriculum. So as a host, I sat back and I kind of watched a little bit of that and kind of like what he was feeling and seeing, and I understood exactly what he was going through. So I remember on day two, especially, I was like, bro, sit down and eat your damn food. Like, I don't care. There isn't a single person here that's going to be upset. I'm, you know, that you sat down for 30 minutes out of nine hours that you sat down for 30 minutes or even 15 minutes and ate your lunch, like eat some food. Cause you, it's not, you're not going to, you're not going to do well as you go throughout the day. You just lose energy. It, it you know, it, it just takes, it's a mental drain, not just a physical, but a mental drain when you coach that much. I know. <laughs> so as we're going through this class, I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, he's got drinks, you know, what he, I mean, the last, the first day he went to a damn gas station. So I'm thinking, no, that's not happening on day two, not going to allow that to happen. So I bring him food, try to keep him hydrated. You know, again, he's a grown man. I don't, I'm not babysitting him, but I know what it's like to just be busy and not, he's trying to provide more for his students than what they pay. That's, that's how I do it. So I know like after talking to him a lot and having quite a few conversations and actually getting to know him a lot, that was pretty awesome. I was like, all right, man, I'm not the only maniac that feels this way about providing a higher value <laughs> than what my students pay. So we're sitting down and, and we're kind of like winding down for the day and we or, or winding down from one drill to the next drill. And I was like, Hey man, I, I was going to set the stage up, but I wasn't sure. Do, what do we do next? He told me the system of what we were doing as he, after he gives me what we were doing for the day, I was able to just kind of follow behind him and just crank out the next process for him. So he didn't have to do it. So in other words, we had a, a, a smaller bay than we really wanted to. We had to end up tr transferring the class to another range because of scheduling. That was super lucky. Thank you. Fishhawk. Um, that, that range is amazing. I hope to definitely bring some classes to there, but uh, I believe it's a, a, in Acadia or it's in Fishhawk, Florida, but, or Acadia is, I think it's around there, but it's, it's amazing. Uh, great facility. Really, really hope to definitely bring some classes there. Um, but as we're going through this class, we have a stage built on day one. We have to take it down, but we were able to leave the fault lines and, and everything. So I believe we shot the stage three times. I think it's three times we end up shooting that stage, like three different um, sessions, which is one shoot one time each. Everyone got to shoot at one time in three different sessions. So, you know, we had a morning session, like basically an assessment. 
then a check-in and then a final, like to see how you did, like you're putting everything together, which is a, that's great. That's, that's the best part about, to me, day two was very similar to the way I do things. Um, I really enjoyed how he does his class. Um, day one was a little bit more fundamentals than I liked, but I'm not, I'm in a different spot than most students. So for me, I was kind of like, let's get to this, let's get to that. And let's get to the moving and shooting and let's get to this part and that part. So that was kind of cool because, you know, I had to like, I learned stuff in all of those fundamental things, like just things like how to teach it, maybe a different way to say it. Uh, obviously I learned how he grips his gun. So that was different than I do it. Um, oh my God. He taught me some tricks on one handed shooting and I've always had a really good strong hand, but my weak hand was bad. Like I just wasn't consistent with the recoil. So we worked on like, we worked on that as a class. So I went and practice. I mean, I probably shot four or five mags at speed, trying to be as fast as I could on a headshot with my left hand, just trying to work that recoil. And he showed me some tricks on that. So that was exciting. Like I learned, even at my level, I learned a ton of stuff. So as, again, as, as I'm going through this process with him, I'm starting to get more comfortable around him. I'm starting to get more comfortable in the class. And there were things that, I could tell the students didn't like kind of get like, not that he didn't say it correctly. They just didn't think that it was as important as I knew it was right. So he would say something and then I was like, Hey man, you mind if I, and again, he, he asked me to do this, but it was hard. Cause I'm like, dude, I don't want to do this. So I was like, I think we could add like, this would really add to the class. So I would every once in a while, I'd be like, Hey, you mind? And I would add something and then that would add, he would jump into it farther and just crush it. Like I like his coaching style. I like him personally, but I really like the way he coaches. So, and he's, he's very, not, I don't want to say analytical because he, he simplifies it, but he gives you a why. And that's a big thing for me as a coach that I, I think is so important. Don't just tell people to do it give them the why to do it. And that way they can understand that this is why you're spending valuable time in your life doing this drill. Because there are times when people just say, hey, do this drill, and people just throw thousands of rounds down range, and it's like, well, what the hell am I, what is this even fixing? What am I doing with this? So it's nice to have the, the not just the how, but the why, right? That I think to me, that's important as a, as a student. I know that was my issue when I started was I never had a why. I just had a, oh, okay, well, I watched this guy do this drill, so I'm just going to do this drill about a thousand times. I'm going to do this a thousand times. But I didn't understand how it worked with, you know, shooting stages or becoming a better shooter. So as we're, as we're going, you know, I would say something and he would, you know, go, go into it farther. No, again, I'm, I'm a host. I'm not the coach. So he would have a, a lesson on something. And I would talk to the student on the side or whatever. I'd be like, hey, listen, listen to what he just said. He just, you know, I would, I was able to kind of add maybe a little bit more one-on-one -on -one while he was busy with the one-on-one. And I'd be like, hey, da, da da And I was like, just listen to what he said. He said, right here, focus on this. And I really enjoyed that part because I was like, man, this is like, I don't get this. This is nice to have a little bit of help, right? Like, I'm just like, I'm kind of, he was the coach. I was the accountability. It was kind of, it was kind of interesting because we talked about it at the end of the class and there was a, a, one of the students that I would say he was the most improved student of the class. I mean, that guy really did well. 
um, from what he did started in day one to, to day two was a completely different shooter. And we taught, I was talking, me and Tim were talking to him and I said, or Tim and I were talking to him and I said, uh, dude, you're definitely the most improved student. I was like, just, you crushed it. You murdered it. And he was like, yeah, no, no, no. He was like, yeah, well, thanks man. You. And I said, no, I didn't do anything. I was, and, and he, I think even Tim was the one who told him, he goes, no, I coached it. He held you accountable. So, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting how that, how the dynamic worked together. And, uh, I mean, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed the class. Um, it, I wanted to do this podcast. Like I'm literally just got home from the range after a three hour drive. So, and we just shot a mat, we shot a match and I wanted to do this podcast just so it was fresh. I, I just, I enjoyed the class so much that I had to do this podcast so I could get it out of my brain. Cause I was like, I'm just, you know, as you do a class, you should be able to kind of sit back and look at that class or look at the process of the class and understand that there's a plan to follow afterwards. And, and the number one thing that I talk about in my class, the very first thing I say is you're, everything's going to build on top of everything else. So the drill one to drill 1000 in my class is going to work with each other. You never, so most of the time I start with my stance. Well, not most time. I always start with stance. It's so important. If you have a bad stance, you're out of balance. You're not going to be able to move in this sport, not just shooting, but shooting, it affects your shooting as well. If you don't start with that, how can I, no matter how good your grip is, if your body's flopping around, then I don't know what to say. I don't know how I can get you to understand that the gun and the body move together. If they move separate, you can't aim it and you can't consistently aim it, right? So if you control that and you control the body and only the gun moves, then it's the easy thing to find because you're only aiming one thing. If you're trying to aim your body, and you're trying to aim your gun, you're not going to be very accurate. Not just accuracy, but inconsistent. You're going to be so inconsistent because your body never moves the same twice, right? If you move half an inch one time, the next time you could move an inch. The time after that could be three quarters of an inch. It's no difference in the recoil in a gun. If you have a, a couple of grains of extra powder, the gun might lift just a hair higher. There's something different, right? It's... it's there's so many little micro movements in our body and, in, and especially with this sport, it's very hard to repeat those micro movements. So you try to make everything just consistent, do the same movements over and over again. It's easy to repeat those. It's easy to understand when something goes wrong because you're like, that doesn't feel right. Even if the damn thing was a dead center A, if it doesn't feel right, you know it because it wasn't the, th the same thing that you've been practicing over and over and over again. So as we're going through this class at the end, he basically does exactly what I do. You build off Drill on top of drill, on top of drill, on top of drill, on top of drill. And they all work together. There's never a separation. You don't learn how to shoot the gun on the left side of the of the match or the of the class. And on the right hand side, they go, hey, listen, now don't worry about that gun part. I just want you to run fast. That's not how it works. Everything works together. So if you can shoot well, you can learn to shoot and move well. If you can move well, you can learn to shoot and, and shoot well. It's there's there's so many different things that combine in this sport. You can't you got to do building blocks, right? You have to do building blocks and they just work on top of each other. That's why that's why I, I always start with stance, because what the most things that fail is once people start shooting, they forget about their feet. 
They forget about their stance. They forget about the fundamentals of how they were standing and cranking out two alphas. Then they start running the stage and they're standing sideways. Their angles are all crazy. You know, again, forgetting the fundamentals and your stance is 100% a fundamental. So as we finish this class, we go to a match on Sunday. So I want this time, now this part of the podcast, I want to kind of explain a little bit of what it's like to go to be a coach now. Right. And have to kind of do this or deal with a class. So there's certain expectations that coaches feel, (laughs) whether this is true or not to the students, this is what we feel. And I kind of, I actually, I didn't kind of, I a hundred percent confirm this with Tim. I didn't even have to say a word to him. I could see it. I could see what it's like. I could see what I feel like through him. So I, I, I shoot quite a bit in my classes. I give a lot of examples in my classes. Uh, I feel that's important. Um, I feel like you should be able to give an example. And if you can't give an example, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I feel like you should be able to give that example on call. You might not be perfect. Don't, Don't get me wrong. I mess up all the time in my class. And the reason I do is because I go fast. I do not slow down just to prove that I can do it. I can absolutely slow down and shoot all alphas if I really wanted to. That's not what I do. I want to show you that you can push the speed and still be accurate. All right. I, I That's just me. That's just the way I am. If I want to slow down and get all alphas, I can hunt alphas all day too. But that's not how we shoot in this sport. That's not how you shoot in real life. That's not how you become one of the best grandmasters in the world. That's These guys that are at the top are very accurate, but they're fast. You can't let that go. That's an important thing. I know people love to say it's not, but you got to go fast. So as we're going through the, as I'm watching him, you are expected because, well, one, you're the instructor. Number two, you're a grandmaster, one of the best grandmasters, because he is. So you're expected to basically crush it. Well, let me explain a little bit what happens in a class. <laughs> the, at least this is what happened in Tim's class, and this is exactly what happens in my class. I do not walk the stage that I build for the class in front of my students because of, well, lots of reasons, and I'll get into that in a second. Tim does not walk the stage in front of his students for reasons. Well, I am a student at this class and I'm going to shoot the stage. So I did not walk the stage properly because I knew what was going to happen. And I'll tell you why I don't walk the stage, guys, or why you don't walk the stage as the coach. You do not want the copycat. You don't want the copy and paste. And what happens is (laughs) shooters will get a hold of your stage plan and copy and paste it. They don't actually come up with their own stage plan. They don't come up with their own ideas. They just follow what they saw you do. Now, the execution isn't going to be there because they haven't even gone through the class yet. That's not the point. The point is, is you want to see the shooter at their... I guess they're rawest. You want to see them at what they are as a shooter. And that's always on the first run. 
the first run will really show you what kind of shooter that shooter is. You'll see if they're falling out of bounds a whole lot. You'll see if they're all maximum speed. You'll see if they're all accuracy based. I mean, the first run says it all. It says it all. I mean, it, it really does. You can you can sit there and watch that shooter on the first run and go, I know exactly where you fail in your matches. I can see exactly where you fail in your practices. If you're if you're a good coach, right? You can see that. So I didn't walk the stage, right? And I or if I did walk the stage, I kind of just walked around in a circle, but I didn't really pick a direction, right? I knew I was going to go right to left uh, on the draw, but I didn't I didn't take that. I didn't walk the stage a whole lot. And that's on purpose because I knew right away. And, and there was a couple students there that were watching me. And I was like, nope, not messing up Tim's plan. Because I knew what was going to happen if I did. And Tim was like, yep, I'm not shooting. Because, of course, they all said first thing they do is go, Tim, are you shooting first? You going to show us this? And he goes, nope. <laughs> so here's the problem as an instructor, though. You don't walk the stage because you can't give your plan away. You don't, you can't really talk to anybody at least I can't. I really struggle at the beginning of the class because I'm so excited to talk about the stage planning that I'm like, wait, wait, wait. If I say something, I'm, I can't say a single word about the stage. I just say walk the stage and I sit back and I actually watch everybody walk stages. That's how I do it. I sit back and I watch every single person walk. I mean, every detail that they do, whether they fly through the stage hundred miles an hour or they walk the stage super slow and they're looking for their hits. Um, I watch every detail and I see everything. I mean, I could, I can literally walk by and be like, yeah, you do this. Or this. I, I, I see all of that. I see all the details that they don't look for because I mentally put that in there. That's stuff that I can bring up. That's all learning lessons that you can have as a coach. So we're, we're, when we're walking the stage or when these guys are shooting the stage, Tim's taking notes, right? So I don't take notes. I don't take notes at all because I could just, I remember them. Now I might start taking notes because it, it was a really good system that he did. He took notes and it, it was good because he kind of hit some good points on some of those notes that you, as the more students you see, the more you might not, you know, catch. There's a lot of things in that, in there that, you know, you can miss if you don't write down, the, write them down in notes, especially if you have like 10 shooters, which we had nine shooters and he actually took notes on me as well, which, I didn't expect him to, but it was awesome he did. But, but you know, again, me being the host, I didn't expect him to. I didn't. I, that's not what I wanted. So as we're going through the, through that process, I'm watching. You know, he's taking notes and everything. Well, he never shoots. He never walks the stage. Uh, he never. He doesn't do anything. Right. He just does his notes and works on the students. So we stop, have a conversation about everything. He starts talking about everything and he talks about his notes. And, and everything to each individual shooter. So again, a process that takes quite a bit of time. So now Tim it hasn't walked the stage. I shot the stage, right? I shot the stage and he took his notes, but I only, I barely walked the stage. So that was an interesting thing because I didn't really know exactly all the details that I normally would if I walked the stage. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, I guess I didn't really think about it at first. I just thought, all right, cool, I'm done. And then Tim didn't shoot the first run at all. No, I don't think he shot at all on the first day. So he finishes, does his thing. We go into grip, talks about the fundamentals and stuff that, you know, where he starts his class, his curriculum. Bang, bang, bang. And then we go into a drill or two. Uh, had to take the stage down. Then we put it up again later in the afternoon, I think it was. We shot it again that day. I, I'm almost certain we shot it that day. If not, we shot it the next day. Well, 
Tim shot it the next time. And we're, you know, again, it's different having someone at my level at your class because you're probably going to get your ass kicked in your own class <laughs> uh, because like a, someone like me, I'm not coaching. I'm not, I know I'm not spending, spending the mental like energy to coach a bunch of people when I was there. I was able to kind of focus on being somewhat of a shooter, even though I wasn't really like a shooter, I was helping him. I didn't really have to, like, I didn't have to talk to a bunch of people, right? Like he did all the talking. I just sat back and just listened. And then I'd add a thing here or there if, if, if I ever felt like he wanted it, right? So as we're, we get into the to this time that he runs the stage and it was terrible. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, did you even like walk the stage? Did you do anything to like, at least like try to be prepared? <laughs> like, cause I know how it is. You, you're just, you're trying to get to the, it's not about you. It was definitely not about Tim. He didn't give a shit about his score. He didn't give a crap about beating me. I, I, I honestly didn't care about beating him. I just wanted to shoot, right? I, I had an opportunity to shoot a stage and I'm, I'm going to take that opportunity. Um, but he didn't care. And I'm like, come on, man, like get something out of this, right? Like you might as well have something like pay attention to it a little bit. And it, people don't realize that as an instructor in a class, it's not about us. It's definitely 100% not about us. It's always been about the shooters. And that really shined through to me through Tim. Like I was able to sit back and be like, this is exactly what I do. I do the same shit. I don't give a damn about the stage run, but here's where it matters. Okay. And this is why it sucks as an instructor, because one of, first of all, part of the reason why we are good at this sport is because we work hard. We practice hard. We're particular about things and we do not allow failure period. We will not excellence is everything to us. We strive for excellence and everything. So when you have a bad run, it's irritating as hell, whether it's whether your dog tired or you just got out of bed and you fret and you got eight hours of sleep. It doesn't matter to us. It it's there. It's all excuses, right? To us. We don't use those. We're not allowed to have those because <laughs> that's not how you win matches. That's not how you win championships. You cannot have excuses. It's not going to go very well. So as we're going through this, we get to the last time we get to shoot it. And we had a couple of drills in between on day two where there was more of a competition. Uh, one of the students called me out because I didn't shoot. I, I skipped a couple of drills on, um, what was it? The last day I skipped a couple of drills so we could stay on uh, because we had 10 shooters and we had uh, some drills with three shooters only. So it ended up being nine. And uh, I said, Tim, I'm good, man. We can just skip this like. I think it was a transition drill that I freaking practice all the time. I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I don't need to waste the bullets. And, and dude, let's just roll to the next one. I will say one thing that I did notice that he didn't say anything to me, uh, but I did notice it. And I was like, man, I wish I had that sometimes in my class. <laughs> he used me as an example on one of the transition drills, right? So I, uh, there was a um, an accelerator drill. And some of the students really struggled with transitions as they always do. It's, it's always one of the hardest things to teach when to leave a target. It's very difficult because, you know, you're expecting a lot of mics and deltas and Charlies when you start learning how to transition fast because you start sweeping the target until you learn the timing of the trigger. 
or, or when to leave. So I was doing this accelerator drill like it was a practice. I wasn't trying to shoot all A's. I wasn't trying to shoot a match. I was really working this drill. Now I'd been sitting for like, I hadn't been shooting for like 30 or 45 minutes because we had done, I think two drills. And then uh, I was the very last one on the last drill. So I was like, well, I'm going to rip this some bitch. I don't care. I'm here for practice at this point. So he used me as an example to, and he kind of went through some of the times and I was super consistent on the times. And then as we walked down, we kind of talked about, he, he used me as an example, which was awesome because it kind of showed like, and some of the students struggled with going faster. So I think, you know, I'm proof or I prove like, look, you can go faster. I didn't say this. This is just kind of what it worked out to be, but he was like, look, you can go faster here. Like he's getting his hits. Okay. Yeah. He's got a couple of hits here and there that aren't great, but Look at how fast he's getting the gun off of this target all the way to the back one. And then, how you know, get to the close one. He's not screwing around. He's getting his eyes on the target. Bah, bah. And he's not he's not trying to be perfect. He's just trying to be where he's supposed to be in the A. Uh, so it was a, I really enjoyed that example because once he started using me as an example, I was like, oh, good. I didn't waste class time, <laughs> you know, because it's valuable. It's very valuable to a, to a coach that you can get all these drills in there. So as we go through, we finish, um, we did a one-on-one -on -one drill where it was back-to-back, -back, which I, I got to tell you guys, I this drill was very simple. He was working on movement. It was back-to-back, -back, and it's something that I borrowed from him. I'm not going to say stole because I called him and asked. He, had, he showed a video once of a drill similar to what, what I do. Right. Or what he showed a drill online and I was like, dude, do you mind if I use this? This is awesome. It it takes the pressure and puts it on the students, but it also lets you have fun again at the end of a day or two days of my class. It's just your beat. Right. You've been working hard. You've got so much like crap dumped on top of you. You got me yelling in excitement and talking for hours and hours and hours. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. So I have taken one of Tim's drills and did a one-on-one -on -one drill, but I do like a mini stage. What he does is he put two people back to back almost, which is what I do. And he runs them like basically runs them out to the outside edges of two barrels. And then they have to shoot the target. So, you know, we're doing this, doing this drill. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand how good this drill is. Like everybody loves this drill that I've, I brought it to in my class. He's like, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. It just kind of takes the pressure off and lets everybody kind of enjoy, you know, the competition, but still learn. So as we're doing the drill, one of the students, you know, that wins it challenges me. I'm like, all right, let's go, man. Tim was good with it. He's like, yeah, go ahead. No problem. You know, we got some time. So we shoot, I win. Uh, and then I actually said, all right, man, screw this one bullet crap. Let's do two now on the target. So we do it again. Um, luckily I won. Um, I think he almost beat me on one of them, but his hits were bad. <laughs> and then, um, Tim's like, screw this. I want to have fun. And he beat my ass. It was awesome. I'm like, there you go, man. See what happens when you actually pay attention to shooting for a little bit when it's your turn. So that was kind of cool to get Tim to come back out. Uh, and and I, I mean, I'm not happy that he beat me, but, you know, it's bullshit. He cheated. So I'm sure he cheated. <laughs> but uh, there was one run that I didn't even hear his gun go off. He, I mean, it was like, what? Like, this is how, what? I didn't even shoot yet. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then we ran the stage at the end of the class. And that's my wheelhouse. Like I really love walking stages and shooting stages. I just, I enjoy that the most out of all the things that I do in this sport. Uh, so 
we're shooting it, and now I don't really care about the time. I don't really care about the score, but I want to shoot it straight up, right? So Tim goes up, actually gets a chance to walk the stage, but the best part of it all was Tim kind of showed two examples of this is controlled, this is crazy, right? And it was pretty awesome because as a as an instructor, you don't really know what you look like when you're trying to show things like that. And I mean, it really shows the difference in, look, this is an actual real stage run and this is you just trying to hit home runs all the time. Because you will find students that just constantly try to hit that grand slam that can't control anything. They can't control their gun, can't control their feet, can't control their body movement. They, I mean, just their reloads are like they're throwing them to the moon. They're just, everything's overly aggressive, not understanding where to be aggressive and where to control it. So he, we, we get to shoot that stage a little bit and I shoot and I, I don't know, I guess I was the last shooter. It was dark out. It was getting dark. And I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot one more time. Tim's like, yeah, all right, this is the last run. You know, no problem. I get up and didn't think anything of it. But as soon as I drew the gun, the lights went out. I just started hosing. <laughs> it was so much fun to just finish a long day. I, I, that was our day two. We were all finished with the class and just to kind of hose down this stage. I think I ended up with like 11 and 12, one Delta. It was like, it definitely wasn't planned. I just kind of like, as soon as I drew the gun, I was in the middle of the target. I was like, time to rip. And I think I ended up getting the stage down to like 9.50. I think the like the time that was actually good with some good hits was 10 something. So, I mean, I shaved off. And my original run with two Charlies was 12. So I shaved off like, what, 9, 10, 11, 12. I mean, three seconds from the first run. I had a hit higher hit factor with the crazy hits, but I couldn't I couldn't repeat it. But it was fun. I mean, it was like I was just running around like a maniac uh, shooting the stage. But it was just fun because even Tim walked up and he goes, bro, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I can't tell you what the hell I got on anything other than maybe this one over here. But it was just a lot of fun. You know, it there was a lot of laughs and jokes during the class. I like to see that. I like that it's not super serious, but it's serious, right? You got to have fun when you're there. This class also had great students. I mean, great students. That everybody was friendly. Everybody laughed and joked around. They and he also had a lot of different type of students. They weren't all competition people. I really thought that the way he runs his class was really really awesome because you don't. It wasn't just an, an USPSA people. So they were, there was a mix of everybody. I mean, we had a doctor that was, I think he was 70 plus something years old. The guy was amazing. He was so cool. He shot single stack right down Tim's alley. Tim probably liked him the most because he shot the same gun, gun as him. But uh, it was pretty cool to kind of see the the levels of shooters. We had uh, one, one girl who won a certificate from him through a raffle that has never shot USPSA and was able to compete complete his class and absolutely crushed it, crushed it. I was, I mean, it was really crazy to see the levels of shooters coming in and out of that class. So again, that class was designed for everyone. It was really great. It was nice to see that. It was nice to see that that system that he's created really works and that it is more of a system that's going to get you to the next level, in my opinion. It's not just do this drill, do that drill. It's you have to have kind of a, you kind of work off of a base and work your way up. You can't just go in and go, okay, I'm going to work on everything. It doesn't work. But 
I'm starting to get long-winded here, so I'm going to get off here. I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what it's like to be an instructor, to be a host of a, of a, of a, of a class. It's definitely different on both sides. Both of them are a shit ton of work, but you know, it's, it's hard as an instructor to, to have the energy. I guess I, I got to finish on this point because I want to finish with the shooting of what it's like to be an instructor to have to perform. So you start off fresh, you're ready to go. You're excited for the class. You don't shoot. <laughs> then you do a couple of drills here and there. All right, cool. I got to shoot a couple of bullets to show it, whatever it is. Then you don't shoot for 45 minutes, two hours, three hours. Everybody shoots. Then you go up. All right, you show a couple of drills, maybe do a couple of examples. Try not to screw up in front of everybody. Then you go into stage runs and you're like, all right, guys, this is how you do it. Dropping the mag. You can't shoot. You're hitting bad hits because... You haven't shot in three hours. <laughs> you didn't warm up before you started the day. You barely got, you know, you didn't really go to the safe table and do your normal warm up. You barely even know what the gun feels like. There's a lot of things as an instructor that, you know, most shooters don't see. And again, not this isn't a complaint. This is just kind of a, give you guys a little insight of what we go through. So here's the worst part about the class when it comes to shooting as an instructor and showing examples. The last stage run. <laughs> so this class, I think, was about, it was at least eight hours a day. I'm going to say it was closer to nine of actual coaching. But let's not forget, we're there an hour before everybody else setting up. We're there an hour after everybody else tearing down or doing whatever we have to do and set up for the next day. Then we come back and do the same exact thing the day the next day. But what most people don't know is, we showed up the day before the class, which was a Thursday, and had to put everything down, had to build all the stages, had to put all the stands up. That's after he traveled in. I do the same thing. I travel in on the day that I'm, I need to build everything, build everything, and then I come back the next morning. Most people don't even realize that that doesn't just magically happen. We have to put those up usually as instructors because we need specific things. You can't just give a, uh, usually you can't just give a, a blueprint and go here, build this because it won't be what we're looking for. It won't be exactly what we're looking. We're trying to challenge skills. That's why we do it. So as an instructor, it's the worst run is the last run because you're exhausted. You can barely move your feet. You can barely think. You've been talking for hours and hours and hours. You barely ate. You barely drank anything. You've been standing in the sun. You really don't even sit down as an instructor if you're kind of like us, like me and Tim. Tim didn't sit down at all. I even brought him a chair and he used it for a foot stand. <laughs> he didn't even freaking sit down even though I offered it to him. Those are the things that most people don't see of what instructors have to go through. Again, not this. none of this is a complaint. This is just kind of an insight of what we're doing. It's, it's just, and again, you can absolutely do any of this and crush all of it if you decide to slow down and just get your hits. I mean, if you decide to not shoot like you normally do, absolutely, you can 100% crush it, knock it out of the park. But at the very end of the day, it takes a lot of mental focus to crush that damn run. So it's just something that we have to go through. And you're trying not to embarrass yourself in front of your students. <laughs> that's like that's like the ultimate. You're like, well, these guys don't think I suck after this because it's not, not going to go well. <laughs> that's it. That's how it works. It's just it's part of the game. It's what we deal with. And it was funny to see that uh, this weekend because I knew exactly what he was like. 
He's like, oh, man, that sucked. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, you're done. It's over. Like, you're tired. It's over. So it's just the way it is. It's the way it works. It's it's how it is to be a coach and try to perform in front of everybody and and instantly just bring it to the bring it to the forefront that you're ready to crush a run. It's not easy. So it's just it is nice though sometimes as an instructor because you can use it as your own mental practice. You can really use instructing as a practice in many ways. Like obviously you're not there to shoot, but it, it gets you to, you know mentally focused when you need to be without any real preparation like you should have. But all right guys, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, I don't know. This might sound like a bunch of jumble and, and mess in there. I mean, I'm exhausted. It's been three days of shooting and I'm really tired, but I just really wanted to get this out there. Um, I do not have Tim Heron's information to put on the podcast. I might get it, but uh, I want to get this out tomorrow right away because I just want it to be fresh. It was such a great class, but I know it's Tim Heron shooting uh, on Instagram. I'm not sure. I think it's Tim shooting.com. Uh, don't quote me on that part, but if you get an opportunity, check out his class. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was, I really, really enjoyed that class. The other thing is I talked to Tim eventually. It looks like we had such a good time together. looks like we're going to join forces and be putting some classes together for both of us to shoot or coach together. So we're going to try to work out a little curriculum, um, and work on some stuff that we both like. Cause I think I could definitely use some of his fundamentals in my class. And I hope he could use some of the stuff that I bring in, in, in to my class, uh, to his as well. So I, am excited about that. Um, I had kind of planned on talking to him about it, but I wanted to do his class first and see kind of how we meshed. And, uh, man, I had a great time hanging out with him, got to shoot the bull a little bit and get to know him. And uh, it's, it was awesome. It was a great experience. And I hope you guys get a chance to go see him. If you have any questions, hit me up in those comments. And I'll see you guys on the range.